This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. I want you to get mad. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I'm mad as hell! I'm not going to take it anymore! I'm mad as hell! I'm not going to take it anymore! Live from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. No need to get mad. The best revenge, as a good friend of mine mentioned over breakfast the other day, is a life lived well. And they say, you know, if you do it right, you only live once. If you do it right, that's more than enough. Although there is, of course, a sizable portion of the Earth's population that believes we get to go around again and again and again. Reincarnation. We'll uh, be delving into that a little bit uh, later. Uh, you uh, You may believe in reincarnation. You may uh, be very skeptical, as I am. However, we're going to witness a past-life regression live on the air in just a few moments. Let me just uh, give you a glimpse into what's happening in this studio right now. In behind me, there's a little... um, I can't see it. There's no window, but in the the studio, a little tiny announced studio directly behind me, there are two people right now. One of them is the affable, venerable, indefatigable host of Big Band Sunday Night, George Genescu. And as we speak, he's being placed under hypnosis. We can't do it live on the air because for those of you driving around, well, <laughs> there are, I believe it's actually a CRTC regulation. You cannot perform hypnotism live on the air because it could affect people listening and some of those people might be driving. Anyway, um... In the studio right now with George is Debbie Papadakis, the founder and director of the Canada-based Hypno Healing Institute. And she's, this woman is remarkable. She's recognized the world over for her hypnosis training. She was featured in Oprah Winfrey's um, O Magazine a couple of years back. And um, she, I introduced the two of them. Uh, George went down to her studio in Toronto on, on Keel uh, and had kind of a pre-interview to find out whether he is a good candidate for regression. George expressed great interest in finding out whether or not he may have experienced a past life. And I got the word back that he is an exceptional candidate. And so we're going to try it live on the air in just a few moments. But first, she's doing the actual hypnosis part off the air. So when we come back from a break, which is upcoming, uh, she'll, um, she'll... usher George into the studio. I've set up a nice comfy chair. I brought a chair in from the boardroom 
and uh, stuck that in the corner, and uh, that's where George will sit because we want him to be comfortable when she takes him on this, uh, this journey back in time, perhaps. We'll see what we get. It's live radio. We don't know. You know, it could be a bust. Maybe George won't experience a past life. But I've seen enough of these things in person to know some remarkable things can happen. So that's upcoming. A little bit later in the show, towards the tail end, uh, Nelson Thal, our media scientist, assassination researcher, is uh, barreling down the, uh, the 400 on his way uh, from uh, his place up north. He's going to be in studio to share some state secrets, including some never-before-heard information regarding the Costa Concordia disaster, of course, the, uh, the Italian um, uh, yacht that tipped over off the coast of Tuscany back on Jan 13. And he has a very interesting take on what really happened with the Costa Concordia. And news bulletin. Nelson Thaw will share details he has been uh, made aware of by his... He has some very impressive sources, some of whom he inherited from the late Marshall McLuhan. Marshall McLuhan was into the conspiracies, folks, if you didn't know that. Total, belie- total believer in uh, secret societies, controlling uh, arts and culture and religion and so forth. Uh, so he was connected with the intelligence community. Uh, Nelson is likewise, and um, the um, his source inside the CIA, FBI, and Secret Service has some very interesting information <clears throat> regarding Michael Jackson uh, and whether or not he may have, in fact... Uh, pulled a fast one on the Grim Reaper, maybe living in Bahrain. I know it sounds bizarre, but when you consider the source, I know who the source is. I can't name him. I would say probably impeccable. If you heard the name, you would know the name. That's as far as we're going with that. But anyway, Nelson Thal is uh, going to be here, and he'll tell us all about Michael Jackson's new life in Bahrain and other things. Now, uh you hear some uh, some rumbling and uh, some noises in the background. Debbie Papadakis, our hypno-healing um, expert, has just brought in uh, George Ginescu. He's uh, seated, sit, sitting in the uh, the comfy chair opposite me, and um, she's just going to get him in a, in a more relaxed state. Uh, David Gaskin, why don't you take us into a break? When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll get into the past life regression of one George Ginescu. Don't you dare go away. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Passcodes, personal identification numbers, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are, here's two more numbers. 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. George, tell us where you are. Uh, In a very lit, large theater, mm-hmm. and we're, we're toasting. I'm 
I'm guessing we're toasting the play. And I'm not certain whether I wrote the play, but it, it seems everyone is focusing on me. Just take a couple of deep breaths. <sighs> and I'm going to ask you uh, a question I want you to answer really fast. Did you write the, did you wrote the play, yes or no? Yes. Yes, thank you. And just stay with the play. You know it's a play, okay? Just tell us a little bit about the play. It is a, a love story that takes place during a battle. Mm -hmm. And it's a uh, it uh, its battle is terrible because there are mounted soldiers, mounted soldiers who are attacking peasants who don't have a way. They don't have a way to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, I, it's a slaughter. Okay, but I want you to stay in the play. This is a play, right? Uh, I want you to stay with the play for a moment. Yes. Take a booty breath to see that you're in the celebration right now. Can you tell us what year this is? Uh, 17, 1754, 1755. Let uh, me just uh, welcome people back to The Conspiracy Show. Debbie Papadakis in studio from the Hypno Healing Institute. Also in studio, special guest, George Ginescu, who is undergoing a past life regression. He's just... Related details. It sounds as if he's a playwright, a playwright, 1750s, and he's telling us the details of a play he's written, which involves uh, some sort of a horrific, a horrific war. Where, where are we? Uh, uh, where Debbie? are we, George? What is the? Uh, we're in a theater in Venice. In no, Venice? no, in Vienna. Vienna. Bright lights, crystal chandeliers, ladies beautifully dressed and and we're we're all toasting the play yes. what are the colors of the walls there gold and and crimson mm -hmm. lots of lots of lace lots of bows uh, with with gold fringes it's like an opera house take a deep breath George and tell me what is your name and that timing Randolph Randolph. Randolph, interesting. I'm uh, typing you, uh, some of this information in just do, to do see. Do you have Do you have any further information to tell us about that? I I keep coming to the point when these people, undefended people, are being killed, and I don't know why. I don't know. I mean, I I should I could not have written that in the play. That's that's. I, I don't think I could have ever written that in the play. Mm -hmm. No. Just take a couple of deep breaths. How old the gentleman is he? How old How old are you there? Uh, Mid-twenties. Mid-twenties. Yeah, I, I, I keep focusing on a very arrogant, pompous man in the royal box, and I don't like him. I hate him. Uh, and I don't know why. You don't need to know why. Just look at him. And he's arrogant. He's, he's arrogant. But do you realize behind arrogance is always fear? And fear? Behind arrogance is always He can't fear. He's he seems to be the the like emperor or the the king. I'm gonna ask you to just relax for a moment. Take a couple of deep breaths. Tell me any other questions you have. Is, t tell us about uh, Randolph's personal life. Is he married? Does he have children? Uh, about your personal life. 
You have you are you married children? No. No, no. I I I'm dressed kind of like a fop, I guess. Uh, very fancy with the with the frilly cuffs and the frilly collars and it seemed to be what all of the gentlemen were wearing. Uh, in the history books, this war that you described in is it is it in the history books this war? I I don't know, but it's so vivid, and I keep I keep seeing this child with the pleading eyes, and I'm trying to reach out and I can't I can't help I'm. I'm going to ask you to imagine you can reach that child. Just let's do a little healing there. Imagine you can reach that child and help that child. You can do that. Just imagine oh. you can do it. And the child feels relieved. The eyes are penetrating. Yes. Uh, I'm afraid to touch him. Imagine by touching you can help him. Just imagine that. This is the way we do some of the healings because when we I, send love and I'm light. sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't help you. Yes. Uh, Great. Talk to him. I uh, forgive me. I I think I need your forgiveness if I'm going to carry on. Yes. But why, why, why do you 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 look right through me? I I can't take it. Uh, I I'm I'm going to turn away. Okay, turn away. Yes. And we're going to go to another time. Is there any more details you want from this? I mean, is there anything he can... I mean, where did he see this child? Where do you see this child? It's like he's a gargoyle on this end of where these people are being slaughtered. Okay, I don't think we need to stay no, there then. No, no, no. I'm going to ask him when it come from one to three. We can do some healing. I will do some healing afterwards with uh, with, with George and well, that. Yes. But, but right now, send some love and healing into the whole scene there. Imagine, imagine everybody is relieving that pain. The pain is going away from everybody. Just imagine that. Imagine you can communicate with everybody and send them love. And imagine this pain and hurt and all that's lifting, is lifting. Take deep breaths. I'm hurting. Okay. Can you I'm send gonna, him to I'm a happier place? Send him to a happier place. I'm going to come from one to three. At three, you'll be another place that's more pleasurable in the same life later on or another life. One, two, three. You are another place, another time, another situation. There is a pleasurable event there. There's so, music. Tell me about Tell us about this. Oh, there's music and, and people are dancing in great circles. And they don't. The, the the old sort of salute me as they come by, and I I don't understand why. why? I'm going to come from one to three. You will have a total understanding why they're saluting you. One, two, three. Tell me, tell us what. The, my play was a success. Yes. And I guess these are my friends because they're very happy, and they, they they've got goblets of. Of wine, mm -hmm. and and they all every time they come by, they raise their glass. Tell me, what's the name of your play? I can't for the life of me. No, I just take a couple. It was a love story during 
I'm going to ask a you to look at time. the book. Was it a book? Did you wrote it in a book? Yes, it had a, a red cover. What's the look at the cover of the, the book? And the title starts with what's the first word? C. It's the first letter C. The second. C. Read the whole thing. You can read it fast. One, two, three. Crowning. 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 That's the name of the play. And is this the name of the play? Uh, it has some more to it. Okay, read more, please. Glory. Glory. Crowning glory. Yes. That was the play. Thank you. Is this uh, play, this book, exists today, George? Yes or no? Yes. And where can you find this book? And I want to ask you to another further time. Well, it must be... Not must be, just one, two, three. Where is it existing? The library in Vienna. The, the, uh, the national or the congressional library in Vienna. Interesting. Crowning glory. Okay. I'm looking that up. We'll see. And, and, and we're going to look for that, and you're going to look perhaps later. To yes, after. absolutely. Yes, and this exists. There, there are people who found things like that. So just take a couple of deep breaths, and perhaps you go to another time where it's, um, by seeing the event, you will have a great benefits by understanding it, seeing it, living it. You will have some great lessons learned from that, and you can benefit your current life. One, two, three, you are there. Tell me where you are, George. I, I'm in a, a very happy saloon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it is a huge bar. <laughs> and they're spilling drinks and they're drinking drinks. And I'm not drinking. And what is the lesson for you to learn from that? What are you learning from this experience? That I don't drink. I don't drink. <laughs> is he still in Vienna? Are you? Uh, uh, tell us the place where you are. Uh, it, it, Chicago. Oh, this is a different life. Okay, listen, why don't we uh, take um, a time out? Can yeah, we just kind of uh, hold them there in it's Chicago? It's very busy. Stay yeah, at the... I'm going to count from... Actually, I'm going to ask you to pause for a moment. Richard's going to take pause, and then we'll come back, okay? Just look at the scenario, and then you describe it to us. Okay, yes. we'll pause. Just look at that, and then you're going to tell us in details exactly what you see. Thank okay, you. we're going to leave George Inescu at a bar in Chicago, where he seems to be having a good time. We'll come back on the other side. And uh, continue to delve into the many lives of one George Genescu right here on The Conspiracy Show along with Debbie Papadakis. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, George Janescu undergoing a past life regression. Debbie Papadakis in studio uh, from the Hypno Healing Institute in Toronto. And if this... Uh, believe me, this is as fascinating and as riveting in person as it is hearing it on the over the airwaves. If you're interested, we'll give you more details on how you can get a hold of Debbie Papadakis. Uh, perhaps you'd like to undergo some sort of a regression yourself. Right now, George 
is uh, let me give it, George is uh, experiencing a past life. Apparently, he's in Chicago, standing at a bar. Terrible singer. He's kind of troubled he by the fact terrible. that, or perplexed, everyone around him is drinking, but not him. Let's listen in. Just tell us, George, what do you see there now? Well, everybody's drinking and beer is sliding on the bar, and somebody's singing, and he is terrible. Uh, he must be drunk because no one sings that poorly if they're not drunk. And everybody seems to enjoy him, and I'm not. And tell me, uh, how, how old are you? Old oh, 19. And what's your occupation? I, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Let me think. Don't what, think. Just, what am just... I here for? I think I was riding, running an errand. What year is it? Probably. Just don't guess. One, two, three. What's your occupation? A uh, 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 runner. Runner. I'm running for something. It may be a newspaper. I, I don't okay, I'm going to count from one to three. You will see a very clear picture of the whole events. Uh, tell us, what's the name of the newspaper? Tribune. Tribune. You're taking notes? Yes. And Tribune. Yes, and tell us, what is the date? 10, 1910. 1910. 1910. The Chicago Tribune. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a very big, bold face. Uh... I guess it's on the bar, or maybe I brought it. I, I don't know. Just take a couple of deep breaths. Just allow yourself to relax. I, I am sensing fear. Fear. And what's the fear about? I, if you were to know, what is it? Just look around. I'm guessing I shouldn't be there. And I shouldn't be there because? I th because that's not where... I was sent to go. Uh-huh. And you went there in order to find what? I guess curiosity. Curiosity. I heard the singing and the laughing. And it was two steps off the street, and I was, I was inside. I want you to go inside right now, become that person. Just, just, just imagine yourself. You are there right now. Mm -hmm. And what are you feeling? I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid from, is it the person I'm afraid from, or what's going to happen to you? It has to do with time. Time. I'm, I'm over my, my time allowed to do a chore. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I'm going to be fired or replaced. Or fired. Mm -hmm. yes. I'm going to count from one to three. At three, you will be at a further time, uh, maybe days, maybe months, <clears throat> maybe years, leisure, and you know exactly what has happened. One, two, three. Tell us the details about this. Well, I'm dressed very well. I'm and, looking pretty spiffy. And what's your name? Fred. Fred. What's the last name? Fred. Rinker? Wrangler, Rinker, Fred Rinker. How do you spell your name? R-I-N-K-E-R. -E and how old are you now when you're looking at 26, that? 26, 27. And do you have a family? No. So what is your job? What is What kind of work do you I'm do? I'm a reporter. A reporter. 
I report on the theater. I Chicago had had uh, what they called a black belt, mm -hmm. where a lot of very good entertainers performed, and they were just starting to get white audiences, and I was to cover that. Okay. And to to describe it to the do, readers. Do you do you have this information from this current life, or is something you see now? Oh no, it's it's from before. It's from before because they're, they're dirty places and, and they smell of beer and smoke. Okay, can and you smell it right now? Yes. And what oh. is the lesson do, are you learning from this? How is going to this this information is going to help you in this current life, your current life? I, how can I apply it? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Take a deep breath. I must have been pretty good writer mm -hmm. because I had I had a big job. I had my own space on at page three, and Peace. and I could fill it with pretty much anything I wanted, so long as I wrote about the music in the in that sort of arc through south southern Chicago. I see it vividly. One newspaper. And I walked from, I could walk from one raggedy place to another. Thank you. Richard has a question for you. What's your question, Richard? Uh, what newspaper are you writing for, Fred? What newspaper are you writing? The Tribune. The Chicago Tribune. The one I was fired from. Yeah. Do you remember any specific article that you wrote that was more um, um, important than other, or s uh, I was fascinated by the intermingling of the white and the black musicians. Thank you. Go back and become that. Instead of going, I was go inside and become that and be that person and experience the whole thing oh, in the present yeah. tense. Oh, in the present, I. I think I learned a great deal about music, which I enjoy. I did he meet any? Did you meet? Did you meet Fred? Any famous uh, uh, black musicians from the era, uh, Louis Armstrong or anyone like that? No, I'd have recognized Louis Armstrong. Uh, these were people who came up uh, up the Mississippi. I guess it's cliche, but. Uh, f from New Orleans and from Western Texas, and they brought a. It was ragtime music, and then it evolved uh, when it, it when the black musicians got a hold of it. They made it more sophisticated, and then the white musicians who could play, they they mingled, and so there were. Uh, I suppose against popular custom, but they they played in groups together. So there were black and white musicians, which I thought was so great. And that I think if I learn anything, it's that uh, music doesn't have color. It really doesn't. How long did you write that column for the Chicago Tribune, Fred? <sighs> Who's asking that question? Is Richard asking the question? Richard. Right? Okay, I, 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 will, I will ask the same. How long did you work for this paper? Four years. I was 30 when I left it. So? I know that. I was 30 because 
I don't have any memories of anything beyond 30. Okay. I'm going to ask you to go back. You're 30 years old. You're writing for this paper. Yes. And what's happening in your life? I, 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 tell us about your personal life. Are you married? Are you? No. Yeah, no but I'm pursuing a very beautiful lady of color. Uh-huh. And, oh, gee, I, I, uh, she is being abused verbally by by people because she's being seen with me. Mm -hmm. uh, that's terrible. That is terrible. <sighs> Take a couple of deep breaths. You uh, learned a lot from that life, isn't it? Oh. And he carried that in his current life. This. Uh, do I? You carried, basically you're right. Uh, anyway, I, I, sh I will go to that explanation. Well, later. we can get into that after, but uh, yes. we'll take another time out. Uh, and when we come back, we can continue to uh, delve into the life of one Fred Rinker, a.k.a. George Genescu. Debbie Papadakis in studio from the Hypno Healing Institute right here on the new AM740 Zoomer Radio, The Conspiracy Show. Loose lips sink ships, and sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Keeping an eye on the new world order, this is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. All right, welcome back. Uh, Debbie Papadakis is bringing George uh, out of um, his regression. Uh, quite frankly, he got frightened. Uh, he was recounting as, uh, recounting how as Fred Rinker, a, a music critic for the Chicago Tribune, back in the, uh, I'm guessing, 1920s, maybe earlier, he gained an appreciation for the musical talents of uh, some of the black musicians coming up from uh, the Mississippi Delta, keeping in mind he was a white, uh, a white music critic in Chicago. He began dating a black woman, a beautiful black woman, who was then subjected to racial taunts. And he blames himself, it sounds like, because he was involved with her. He's indicated he doesn't want to go any further. He's frightened. Debbie's bringing him out of this right now. Let's listen in. I'm reading. It's so quiet, and it's... Everybody's reading. It's like we're in a library or, or at a university. And we're reading... We're reading... Uh, 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 couplets. I think they're Shakespearean couplets. <laughs> and I hated those. <laughs> I thought they were so silly. What What uh, is the place, uh, the city? London. It's London. London. I know it's London. I know it's London. And what's your name there, please? Jan. And the last name? Oh. Oh, I don't... Help me. I... Jan. I'm going to count from one to three. You will know exactly your last name. One, two, three. Friedman. Friedman. And how old are you there? I'm about 35. Uh-huh. What year is it, Debbie? In what year I'm, is it? I'm, oh, it's 1860. And what is the your occupation? 
I think I'm a, well, I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. So I, I have inherited money. I don't recall working. Mm-hmm. No, I, I am sure I didn't work. I, I inherited uh, a great deal of money. Mm-hmm. Thousands of pounds, thousands of pounds. Mm-hmm. And how is your life? What are you learning in that life? Actually, just, I love to read. Mm-hmm. And my friends are also people who enjoy reading. And then we sit for hours and, and we discuss what we've read. And you, there's no women there. Mm-hmm. There's no women. Oh, it's a men's club. Mm-hmm. That's, oh yes, it's a men's club. Oh. I think it could improve if they allowed women. <laughs> I'm smoking a pipe. What are you learning from that life? I think... A life of leisure has no real value. Uh-huh. Uh, truly, I, I obviously don't function. I don't produce anything. Uh, does he have... I have no... Uh, does Jan or Jan Friedman have a, a coat of arms for his family? Do you have a coat of arms? Of course, we all have a coat of arms. What does it look like? Three stags, a small crown, and some thistles. I'm going to ask you to remember thistles. that. I want to ask you to remember that. Put it in a special place within you to remember that coat of uh, of. Uh, it's not uh, very honors. coat of arms. Yes, coat of, coat of arms. And later on, when you come out of the state, you will be able to 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 make the picture of it, so you can go and find. Oh. Uh, later on, you can just. Uh, okay. Three stags. A very small crown, and and uh, the thistles, which uh, it must be from Scotland. Uh, how did his? How did the Friedman family come to London? How did the Friedman family come to London? Uh, I I don't recall us ever being anywhere but London. How about uh, your relatives? Anybody else in with uh, the relatives? Uh, were um, are. Traveling, uh, traveling teachers, I believe. Uh, I, traveling teachers, yes, because they came from university in Bucharest. Yes, that was my mother. That was my father. I think my father was a. A bit of a, a, a scamp. I th- I think he was a kind of a shady character. Mm-hmm. What was his name? What was your father's name? What was your father's name? Frederick. Frederick. I I thought I had his name. I thought I had his name because my name was Jan Frederick. Jan Frederick. Yes, I had his name. I was Frederick. Jan Frederick. Uh, Friedman, and yeah, I, I think my father was just close to the, being against the law. But he was he had finery, and he left me with a great deal of money, mm-hmm. a great deal of money, thousands and thousands of pounds. How about your mother? 
Oh, she was beautiful, and she was a teacher. So your mother is a beautiful, she's a teacher. Yes. And tell us her name, please. I'm finding it difficult. I. How does one ever remember their mother? Take a deep breath. I'm going to come Start from one to with three. Them. One, two, three. What was Margaret. Margaret. Ma and Margarita. Margarita. How about the 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 place where you stay, your house? Do you know? Oh, your it's it's a a very large uh, in in. Uh, in London, it has seven or eight rooms, and uh, the guys like to gather there. Uh, I guess when we're being foolish, and we we go to an amusement, and then we come back and have some drinks and food. And I have a man who who looks after me, and he, is, I guess, he's a butler because he has things ready for us, and you know, snacks or cold cuts and uh, cold meat from from the turkey or or the chicken or you know take it some fowl what's the name of your butler oh my i i i i'm thinking ephraim but yes his name was ephraim he was very kind and and always meticulously dressed mm-hmm from and and I think he used to nip from the bottle. And tell me yes. about later on in life, just later on in life, when I come from one to three, you'll go much later in life, in the same particular life. What uh, and describe what, whatever has happened to you. One, two, three. You see yourself a much older person. Yes, and in fact, I, I, it's the tur nearing the turn of the century. How does how does his life wrap up? How does it end? No, okay. no, it, it no, it's not. It's seven, it's eighteen seventy, eighteen seventy one, eighteen seventy one, mm -hmm. because I I read a daily sheet that comes from a printing press, and it's eighteen seventy one. Mm -hmm. What is happening in London in eighteen seventy one? What's happening? Any news had happening? Yeah, I, uh, that, uh, we really don't get to understand what's in the streets, but there are rumblings, and and some of my contemporaries are concerned for their shops, and, and because they think that, uh, pardon me, the rabble is is what they used. They the rabble are becoming more prevalent in in London. Yes, they're afraid of the rabble. I don't know why. Were there riots? I don't know why. Why would there be? Are there any riots around? Uh, scuffles for food, uh, but but I, I never observed those. I, Ephraim would tell me I think he protected me a lot because I'm sure he didn't tell me everything in the street. But there, people scuffling for food. Uh, yes, the, some people were starving, mm -hmm. and I had everything. What did he do about it? Did you do anything about that? No, no. I was quite content to stay in my apartments and and uh, enjoy the company of of. Uh, 
of friends and and tea and eat whenever I wanted and whatever I wanted pretty much. Was there a woman? I, Did you have a, a lady at that time? Oh, yes, a number of them. Uh, some of them were not exactly ladies of high society, if I may say that. They were, they were working ladies. <laughs> working indeed. They smelled bad. And this time I'm going to ask you to go to another time that you were a female. Another life, another time, another situation, another place. And there are different learnings happen there. I'm going to count from one to three. You will be there. One, two, three. Tell us what's going on. People in sandals and long, dirty uh, uh, coats. Uh, we're going behind camels. Ugh. They smell. Mm -hmm. What place is that? I don't. I don't know. The smell of of urine and spices, and I'm I'm filthy. I, I guess I'm working in some food processing area. Describe. I smell terrible. Describe yourself. How do you look? Oh, I'm dirty and, and tall and skinny. Very skinny, as though maybe I'm hungry. I am hungry. Interesting. Uh, oh, it's t there are thousands of people just like me. And what? what place is that? One, two, three. Uh, I, it's in desert country. It, it is... You know, you 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 might see a tree that you say, "Well, I will, I will eat the leaf, and get some nourishment." But there are not even any trees to see. Oh, it's it's terrible and stink, and smell. And I'm dirty, and I smell. What is her name? What's what's your name? I, uh, I am. I was asked that, and I got whip because I didn't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How, how does people calling you? Basically by striking me with a prod or, or a whip. Uh, and, and I don't remember ever my name being called. Oh, that was horrible knife. That was horrible knife. I'm going to count. I'm going to take him out of this. All right, and when we'll uh, we'll go into a break. Okay. Maybe when we we can bring him back and uh, we discuss. can discuss what happened. Take some le lessons. Uh, take some lessons from all this life, specifically for this one. Or, or, there are some lessons from this to learn. Just take the lessons. All right, and we're I'm bringing George back. Back on the other side, we'll uh, talk to George Genescu about uh, three or four past lives that uh, we all witnessed together. Debbie Papadakis in studio from the Hypno Healing Institute. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett 
from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations, what goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. We are back, and uh, George Janescu is uh, just uh, come to. How do you oh, feel, George? I feel wonderful, relaxed, and I've been on some kind of a journey. I'll say. I, I have to tell you, I have um, witnessed, I would say now, a half dozen regressions, uh, maybe more, maybe eight. Uh, the detail that came from you was absolutely astounding. Detail? I've, detail. I've never, uh, I've never seen someone go from one life to another um, what so quickly. Tell me, please. <laughs> I want to well, enjoy you, this, too. Let me ask you, for, first of all, the, the interesting thing, when you came to, off the air, just before we came back from the break, yeah. you said, wow, I smell terrible. Do you remember that at all? Yes. I stunk. Uh, all I remember is I was a, well, I was hardly a person, but I smelled. I mean, my body smelled. And that bothers me. It, I guess smell is so such a strong yes. uh, element. The smell, the smell and the colors are the stronger anchors we have in but our... But you just rid me of that smell. Okay, you, yeah, you get, because you you have the ability to do so. And if there's anything else, I'm going to work with you to clear it and to have you back totally in the normal state. But you can ask him any questions. I'm not sure what questions to well, ask. Well, first of all, let me uh, ask you, Debbie. I mean, yes. w- he just whipped through four different incarnations. No way. Yes. Do you recall do you recall your life as uh, Randolph, a playwright in Austria in the yes. 18th century? That I do recall because I think Debbie took me there first. Yes. Yes. And what did I do? Well, you were you were in the midst of writing a, a play called Crowning Glory. And while all this is going on, I'm sort of typing on the internet, you know, furiously trying to find details and so forth, and, I, and I'm still working on that. But can we mention, I mean, he was under some distress during this lifetime. Can we talk about that, Debbie? Yeah, you can do it. He went, there was some war was happening, and looked to me like George experienced this war, and later in his life, he wrote the play about this war. Oh, and then he oh. directed it, and they were they they did this play, and he said that book exists still today, and I'm pretty sure that where you're, where does it exist? You you mentioned well, you were in Vienna, in uh, Vienna, writing this play. It was being performed in this uh, very ornate uh, theater. Of course, Vienna would be filled with with uh, such buildings. Yeah. Uh, you were very perturbed by somebody. Uh, of royal lineage who was sitting in sort of the VIP box who was very arrogant. You couldn't stand the sight of this person. Does that sound familiar? Uh, I have a vision of that, Richard. I I hate it. I don't hate, but I hated this man. Whoever he was, I, I know that. I felt that, and I feel it now. There was one other person. He made me feel impotent. And I think that's why I hated him, because somehow I relate. Debbie, do you remember a child? Did I say something? You said something about child. But I would like to ask the question, how is this person that you hate, the scenario, the feelings, the the thoughts, the emotions, have what kind relation 
does it have in this current life? How does it affect you in this current life? Can you see any connection between this? Because we do have connections from something happened in the past. We are still responding, reacting or acting according to that connection. And yeah. I would like at some point to hypnotize George and clear all that past so he can have a lot more peacefulness in his life because this was short my, for me. Where did my angst come from, Richard? You, you mentioned this small child, uh, and we weren't able to really pinpoint where you were seeing this child, but you were haunted by this child. He, yeah. you, you kept saying, he's looking right through me, and I'm sorry I couldn't help you. Do you remember that? Yes. Well, I remember the feeling. I don't know the words, but I remember the terrible sadness and the impotence. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't help him, and I so desperately how, wanted to help him. How do you feel today in this current life? Are you trying to help situations like that? Are you the kind of person that you go out of your way to help situations? Maybe you give a voice to the people who have no voice. Maybe in a different situations, people who have experienced something in the past, they suffer from some situation in this current life. They will. Um, you mean it affects what I what yes. I do now? Yes. Deb? Yes. I'm totally. I'm, I I know that. Well, I've gotten to know George a little bit over the last uh, two and a half years, and, and and George and I talk off the air about his about your life, George. And yeah. I I I mean that's totally who you are. You're you're someone who stands up for the little guy. That's right. I mean that's part of your past. I mean you talk to me about wow. that. Wow. That the when you said there's this one person, I get I called him pompous. So that, was, that was the royal, uh, the person yeah, in the royal box. I think the fact that he had the ability to stop whatever was going on but chose not to. And I equate that with today. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a political freak, so I'm watching the, the conservative or the, the, the Republican uh, nomination race. And I feel for Mr. Obama because— he is trying to do a job, and they're not going to let him. It's like like I was impotent. I couldn't help the child, and I feel that Mr. Obama is the same way. He mm. wants to help, and they won't let him because of the partisan politics. Okay, but that's politics. But you see, he's bringing uh, what George is doing. is bringing the feelings from the past. Yes. yes. And he relates them today in a certain situation. That could be with Obama, could be with somebody else, could be a situ different situation. Right, if we right. had a situation outside, let's say, I don't know, somebody couldn't help themselves, probably George would run to help. Were there absolutely, any beautiful absolutely. women in, oh, in my yes. regression? <laughs> absolutely. Really? Which brings us to uh, the second incarnation. Uh, you're, you suddenly found yourself in a bar in Chicago, circa 1910, uh, a great deal of uh, uh, drinking going on, yet you weren't drinking because you didn't drink. That's right. And there was someone singing there who was horrible, but everyone seemed to be enjoying the, the singer singing. but you. <laughs> that may have been Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> 1910. And, and then we, uh, Debbie took you a little further ahead in your life, uh, and you were, your name was Fred Rinker, as far as we can tell. Fred tell. Rinker? Fred Rinker. You later Wasn't he one of the trio with Bing Crosby and in, in the Paul Whiteman band? There you're asking a, me? There was you're a, the, you're there's the 62 a rinker, years there's running a on the air. There. <laughs> well, I have no idea. We, I'm, I'm desperately trying to find out information because you said that 
that you, Fred Rinker, later became sort of a musical theater, theatrical critic for the Chicago Tribune. You had a column on page three, and you would sort of cover... I had a column on page three in the The details, tribute? George, were absolutely My incredible. Goodness. You even described opposite your byline was kind of, an, a, a, kind of a, a sketch uh, of what you looked like. Oh, and you gee. covered you covered the a lot of the, the the black musical acts coming up from the Mississippi Delta. Of course, that's where they came. You know, a lot yeah, of them from yeah. up into Chicago. But I would know that from now. You see, that's part of my true. What was I doing back? Was I a musician? No, you were you were you were a reviewer. You were writing, and so you you were interviewing a lot of um, uh, and going to see a lot of black musicians. Yeah, you 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 fell in love with a a, a, a black woman. Yeah, uh, and this again caused a great deal of. Uh, anxiety because she became, as a result of your relationship, or so you figured, she became the subject of a lot of racial taunting. Yes. And you felt terrible about that. And you you wanted to get out of that life. You didn't, you you wanted Debbie to take you someplace else. You said... What did I, what did I say, Deb? I don't remember. I think well, <laughs> Richard would remember better than I do. Was she murdered? We don't know, but it didn't sound good because you yeah, said, "Take me away from her. here." Yeah. When you were, well, yeah, I'm she's sorry. Dead. He Take said me away dead. from here. She's, she died, and then we took him away because I don't. I didn't want all the drama in, in here. Do, was Normally, I, in my office, I would. I will have to deal with it. I will clear it. We'll get right. the lessons. We send the love, and you know there is. Well, a was it emotional or was it just sort of no? You passe? were very, you were emotional. You were. You I were, was. You you sounded distraught. Yes. I would say in she, some places. She was my black girlfriend. Yes, she was being taunted rac- verbally, uh, and oh, you figured because, because of, she was dating with, with me, a yes. white person. Yes. Oh darn. And you felt you felt terrible about well, that. Well, I feel terrible just hearing it. You felt, that's, yeah, I would say you felt responsible. Awful. So, there, I mean, there's kind of a theme emerging here, isn't there? Thank you. Because when I went back into a number of my past lives, I have the same theme that I, I my life is today. But what's my I, theme, Deb? Well, your theme. What is his theme? Tell him. He well, he feels a, women. A, 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 <laughs> no, you feel a tremendous deal of responsibility for other people. Um, I think you're, you're someone who, I mean, I know this about your present life. You're someone who, who um, wants to help the underdog, yeah. uh, those that are less fortunate. And justice. justice. Yeah, justice. Absolutely. Justice. justice. You I have am a tremendous all about justice sense of myself. justice. Yeah. I'm, 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 in every past life I went, I'm trying to help people to, 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 to have the right, to honor them. This is exactly what I'm doing today, too. It's you the know, same idea. You know what's uh, interesting is it's scary. that the, no, it's not scary. the next life actually predates those others. I had another one. We went back to 1860, uh, London, and you were kind of a, a bon vivant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the name of is that right? Jan, Fried, uh, Jan Friedman. Or Jan, maybe Jan, but Jan Friedman. Oh. Your father was a bit of a scoundrel. Just I, of, I can believe that. <laughs> just kind of skirting the uh, the law, if you will. You weren't sure about what he did for a living, but he left you a great deal of money. Yeah. Uh, As a result, you were a man of leisure. Oh. Uh, you would go off gallivanting. That's with your... my dream. <laughs> <laughs> man of leisure. But you said, wasn't what was the lesson in that? I asked him, and he said, this kind of life does not have any value or something. In yes. You you spend a great deal of time reading, going out with your friends, coming back. You had a you had a a butler. Um, and but, but the interesting thing was in London at this time there were there was a bit of um, you know the the um, people were flooding into London in, in the eighteen seventies. 
Uh, at one time, well, it was the, the Industrial Revolution. Yes, something yes. like one in five people in Great Britain lived in London, yeah. and so yeah. uh, there was some civil unrest. People were scrabbling around for food, and you didn't really give it much of a, a, a passing thought. And, no. uh, and but there was a, I could, I could sense you were you felt very guilty about that. Well, so it's interesting. I mean, if we I, understand, I had no uh, equation with the with the. The working people? Not in that life. So maybe that's something that started to de- develop as a result of that life. What do you think, Deb? I'm not exactly sure. If we have to, for me to to analyze it there, I have to go back and see the previous life. What were the last ones? And the next one, and the next one. And then you see the you see the transformation is happening. Right. Like, for example, when we took him the last one, where he was a lady and he was smelling. Um, that was before. I was right? a lady? The last incarnation, it sounded like you were some sort of a slave girl. Uh, you were being whipped. Uh, you were no in the, name. You, you were in the you, desert. Are you serious? You were in the desert. You didn't know uh, your name. You said, someone asked me that, and I didn't know the answer, and they whipped me. You didn't know your name, but you were a you female. You were smelling, and that's when you came after. After that, I brought you out, and you say, I'm still smelling. Yeah. You were, you I, were amidst the, some camels, so you were in, in a desert, Some presumably, I don't know, the Middle East, India. Uh, and Ooh, you were it, sounded like it would have to be eh? in the in the desert. It would have to be Arab, an Arab country. Perhaps. You sounded like you were the the low rung on the ladder in uh, terms of the social really? strata. Yeah. Wow. Now in London, I was a bon vivant. Yes. And in the previous life, as a slave. Yes. yes. It's very common to have people go from from uh, being the high level to the lower levels. Really? If, because if we take this in a more spiritual level, we experience this, the, the, the thing is, we experience these different lives to learn lessons in order to advance our um, our soul level, our... our um, right. So in order, so you're learning different things that are to the time you're a slave, and you're learning different things when you are... Uh, what can uh, you learn as a slave? Oh, you as a slave, you learn a lot more than you learn when you have all the money in the world and you. Well, you say, know how to survive, I guess. Well, from oh, more from Bovivant to uh, to slave to that. paraphrase Joni Mitchell, you've looked at life from both sides now. We <laughs> well let's, done, Richard. Let's take a time out. When we come back, are you good? Are you, how are you feeling, George? Are I'm you, feeling great. Do you want to hang you. in and we'll maybe take some calls? I would love it. Terrific. Why don't we do that, uh, d- David? Take us out with uh, some music and we'll uh, open up the phone lines four one six three six zero. 0740. Ladies and gentlemen, I just witnessed one of the most remarkable things on live radio. The most remarkable past life regression I have ever witnessed with our very own, the affable, the venerable, the indefatigable George Genescu. I'd love to know what you think. 416-360-0740 and toll free from Maine to Minnesota, Thunder Bay to the Carolinas, 866-744-740. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind. On The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Uh, George Genescu is... um is feeling uh, oh, you're you're exhausted, George. But how? I mean, are you? How, what's your state of mind? Are you? Uh, oh, I'm lucid. I really am. I'm more clear now than when I was on the air. I think the listeners would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any? I asked you this off the air, but let me ask you on the air. When you're experiencing these past lives, or whatever they are, 
I mean, is it like a movie playing in your head, or are you seeing snapshots, or is it just sort of uh, smells, sounds, pictures? What is it? When Debbie directs me, I see these things as a movie because I I can see detail, uh, and I've I. I think I uh, I balked at some of them. I don't know, but she asked me some questions or led me someplace. I felt I didn't want to go. Yes, and I th- I think you sort of sensed that, eh? Because you you didn't push me no, I into didn't it. Push you, no. Is that the way you usually yeah. practice that? Uh, well, I never push anybody, never. But here we had George going in and out a little bit. Normally, yes. I help people all the way down. Yes. But here, it's it's a radio program. I'm not sure where to go. You know, it's it's not the proper seating. No, no. So so I had to be, and he he part of himself was still um, watching himself. Yeah, he's a little apprehensive. Because you can be, um, you can have a true regression, or you can have a pseudo regression. Pseudo is when you're watching yourself. True regression when you're in it. Now George was. Fifty-fifty. He was going in, and then he was going out. It was in, in, uh, in, was. I think so that's if, right. If, if the situation was uncomfortable, he was watching it. To me, that's a good good state, also. But I also gave some indication in the beginning for him to do that, because I it's 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 when the the situation is scary, you don't want to. Feel but it. how how do you sense, Deb, that I was obviously frightened? I don't remember being frightened, but Richard said, and you said, yeah. Uh, so how do you know? How do I know? Or do First I verbalize all, it? You verbalize it also. Your facial muscles uh, will tell us that. And also your language, your la- your, the tone of voice. Yes. The, yeah. the, the, the it was an unmistakable. You, and your you hand was shaking. His hand, did you see how his hand was shaking? It was uh, it, very interesting because your body was totally relaxed. Uh, totally relaxed. And Yet what, yeah. your facial expression, um, I mean, your face tensed up. Your... There, there was a strain in your voice, and and uh, you, your head was sort of moving from side to side. You did not want to be where you were, and Debbie was very protective of you. When Thank she you, sensed Deb. that you were feeling some discomfort, uh, she would she would intervene and, and pull you out of that life and move you ahead in time to a happier place or whatever. In normal situation, though, in my office, if we face a little bit of uncomfortable feel, feeling, we resolve that. We go in and sometimes reframe it, see it in from a different perspective. And if you re- totally resolve that, then that particular situation will not have any effect in your life. The, the reason no effect come on to, my life? In your life. But the reason people come to do this work is because they want a healing. They want to feel better. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so an important if I, point. If I clear that fear that is in the, the past, then in this current life, you will not have any... Uh, discomfort you when you want to have the fear so in this situation because of the setting we have I I was again uh, restrictive in some level to work all the way right. um, and I'm going to work with I'm going to have George come to my office and clear 100% everything yeah. do you have any sense George of how now that you we've described those past lives that you just experienced and now maybe you have some memories of those do you have any idea how those previous lives are impacting on your life today Oh, I I don't know because I'm hearing what I went through from you and from Debbie, so I don't I don't even recall feelings. Mm. The one thing I I recall, Richard, is smell, very 
That's one of the most evocative yeah. of all senses. smell. Yeah. But earlier he was uh, he was recalling feelings. Now it's time passing. The, the the thing is though the thing is what I would like to say is when you do past life regression, normally takes sometimes takes weeks and months. The body re- resolving stuff because now we have a different frame of pictures from the past. Well, you so tell the, me, Debbie. What do you think based on what you've heard from George? What do you think how those how do those past lives are f- impacting him now? Do you have any sense of that? Uh, it is affecting him in a way that he's the way he's responding to situation. For example, Obama, he mentions this type of situation. He lives, and I don't know very well, uh, George, but I think he lives his life from for the right, for justice, for uh, for for supporting uh, people that are not supported. Uh, so he has all that by by releasing. And what's happening in in our lives right now? Sometimes we think we're helping by being very strong about. This type of situations, mm-hmm. but in his core self, he—that's his uh, karma. That's his—he is to help people. But if you get rid of that anxiety about it or the force about it, mm-hmm. instead of going with force, you go with power. Then you make more difference in the world. Uh, now I recall you asking me to give love to these horrible people. I know, but love is the healer of all. Those horrible people in my world. I'm mid-European. We hold grudges. (laughs) We hold grudges forever. Okay. (laughs) My rule of work is, and that is my whole work, I don't care what's happened to the other person. I may work for days, for hours, whatever I work with a person. In the end of the line, we need, I don't care how horrible the situation is, we need to find love for that person. That's spiritual. Well, listen, the more somebody's young, this is the rule of my, my thinking and my work, the more somebody's horrible, yelling, screaming, hitting, doing all these things, the more Sounds like marriage, young. Deb. No, it doesn't, please. <laughs> I'm married for 30 years, 29. But are you in... Uh, uh, but so the more you, you, the more loud you're yelling and screaming and creating trouble, the more you say, please love me because I feel unlovable. Oh, my. So, so are you... I mean, your... Um, do you get angry when you see injustices? Is yes. it, are you an angry person, George? Okay. Uh, I'm angry because I'm impotent. I can't. I find I can't do anything, and I'm fight constantly fighting systems. Okay. I think we all are. Though. Right. Okay. That's we not all just are. Me. But but I'm going to tell you something, George. If we fight systems without anger, we're going to have more results. If we fight systems without anger, without, without, we'll have more results. Meaning? More positive I, results. More important because meaning, if I get it, the minute my anger comes up, my intelligence goes down. So if mm. I, I will still see the injustice. I will still see it. I will do something about it. I will go and uh, try to resolve it. Instead of going with anger, the minute I bring my mm, anger yeah, the other, uh, yeah. from the other right. side. Let's grab a quick call here. Uh, Aseb, is it Aseb in Scarborough? Welcome to AM740, The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Aseb. Uh, Aseb. Aseb, my apologies. Okay. Um, I was uh, wondering um, how, many, how many lifetimes that can a person experience? Many, around? many, many, many. Uh, we had people uh, have gone hundreds and more. Hundreds, wow. Really? Well. And also, um, was the hypnosis process, uh, how did you hypnotize uh, George? How do you hypnotize George? I hypnotize many ways. I have a classes that I teach people how to hypnotize. Give us a number, Dad. Um, 
Uh, so it's it's a, it's a process to learn. We have classes coming up in March. If anybody wants to learn how to hypnotize, please call our office at 416-760-8996, and I will uh, take you through, and you become um, you learn how to hypnotize. It's a process. It's, um, it's, 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 it's hypnosis is an art and a science at the same time. So you learn the science and then you develop the art part of it. Okay. Asib, uh, what did you? I'm I'm guessing that you heard George Genescu's re, uh, regression. What did you make of that? It was very interesting. Actually, this is my first night listening to your show. So you are uh, you're going to be listening all the time. Well, now. Welcome <laughs> aboard. That's just think so. Asib, you know, it's time is altogether a lie. I thought I was under for about 10 minutes, and Richard said I was under for the better part of an hour. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. Can I also say something? And some people who want to experience hypnosis, I have a workshop coming up this uh, Sunday, the the 5th, uh, from 2 o'clock to about quarter to 5. We were supposed to do it till 5, but we're going to cut it quarter to 5 because the, the super... Uh, ball game or whatever. Yeah. So we have a few minutes. Anyways, I'm going to take people, and that is only about relationships. It's not about past life. Past life, we're going to have in two months. So people who come, they will they will understand all about relationships. Then I will hypnotize somebody, help them to clear their relationship issues, and then I'm going to hypnotize the whole group. If anybody is interested, go to my uh, hypnohealing.com, uh, hypno-healing.com, which is www.hypno-healing.com and you can register there. We only have uh, maybe 10 or 12 uh, spots left if everybody is interested. Let me say this. I trust Debbie implicitly. Thank you. Absolutely. If you ask me to recommend, I would find that the easiest thing to do. Yes, you're in good hands uh, for sure. Listen, we'll take another time out. We'll come back, take a few more calls. All right. George Genescu. From Big Band Sunday Night, Deb Papadakis from Hypno Healing Institute here in Toronto. I've linked up to her website as well at richardserrett.com. So just go to richardserrett.com and under guests, you'll see Debbie's name. Just click on that. That'll take you right to the website. Again, the phone number. If you want to register for her workshop or just book a session and discover who you were, 416-760-8996. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Nelson Thal is coming up shortly. Nothing can be revealed that won't be revealed. 
There you go. That was Who Stole the Cookies and Nothing Concealed, thanks to the uh, Nick and the boys, Tony and Jamie and Kelly, uh, from Who Stole the Cookies uh, for uh, putting that song together. <laughs> of course, inspired by uh, my sign-off every night from uh, Matthew 623, I believe it is. In any event, uh, just a few moments remain. George Genescu uh, being a real uh, soldier and extending his, uh, his uh, shift on-air shift uh, late into the night here. Of course, the uh, the host of Big Band Sunday Night right here on the uh, the new AM740 Zoomer Radio. And uh, we just witnessed a remarkable series of regressions uh, uh, under the guidance uh, of uh, Deb Papadakis from the Hypno Healing Institute. Just a recap, uh, George, you were, uh, first of all, you were an Austrian uh, playwright in the mid-18th century uh, in Vienna. Um, um, who wrote a play called Crowning Glory. Crowning Glory? And uh, then you were in Chicago, sort of turn of the century, uh, 1910, 1920, in there somewhere. Uh, you were a music critic oh. for the Chicago Tribune. Good paper. Very good paper, yes. And you had a nice column there um, for about four years in... Um, sometime in that period, writing um, reviews, musical reviews, theatrical reviews, and so forth. Uh, from there, we went to London in the 1860s, and you were a bit of a bon vivant, a uh, boulevardier, a uh, playboy, if you will, Oh-ho! by the name of uh, Jan Friedman, uh, who had been left a great deal of money f- uh, by your uh, your father, who was a bit of a scoundrel, by all accounts. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Uh, and then from there, you were uh, uh, an impoverished slave girl somewhere in the sand dunes. We're not sure, the Middle East, India. Um, wow. So was a, that was a kind of a tragic uh, tragic life. But, well, you took us around the world in an hour, and um, you you looked at life from just about every conceivable angle. Wow. And um, Debbie Papadakis, um, again, a remarkable... I mean... I, I I can't I don't expect you to you know to to compare this one to others. But were you as surprised as I was, or no? no? You've no. seen this. This I see it all the time. It's every day in my work. I take them from one to the other. We solve resolve something, go to another. I can go to twenty, and it was saying. Deb, you're going to plus. send me a, a, a complete script of what I said. I uh, well, we'll send you the we'll send you the show, and you we'll can listen back. Oh, thank you. I'd love that. Yeah, and uh, some people who want would like to be hypnotized. If you sign up with my newsletter, which is at www.hypno-healing.com, you will receive an email with a link, and that uh, you will you can download a whole CD for people who have sleeping problems, and you will be sleeping incredibly beautifully, be beautiful. I so, got you beat, Deb. And then they listen and to then, my you know program. What? Even <laughs> even even if you. Even if you don't have a sleeping problem, you can listen to it and you can hypnotize yourself with it. Well, that's the whole point. It's it's not just to see who you were in a previous life. It's it's that that you come to some sort of uh, healing, yeah. that you can you can learn something from your past life, yeah. and and learn how it's impacting in your present life, and then and through Deb's help, you'll resolve that. Right. Yes. yes. In other words, th- this is sort of your. This emotional karma that you've been carrying around from one life to the next to the next to the next, and now it's impacting you in some way. 
Yeah. yeah. But also we have traumas from uh, from our childhood. We also have a traumas from our genealogical times, from our parents and their parents and their parents. Mm. Um, it's not only the blood uh, connection that we have. We also have the memories and the emotions that come in from one parent to the other to the other. So if we go back, when I work, I, inc- I actually incorporate all together. I may take you for one situation to past life, another another issue to your genealogy time and the that the other time you may go to the womb when you wow. are in the womb your if your parents are fighting or or uh, or uh, I don't know having some problems the child totally knows exactly what's happening I do wanted to have the time to write a book about this because we're going to resolve a lot of issues in life if we if we become calmer nicer take care of our children babies when they're in the womb because a lot of imprint is happening there yeah. also till about five six years old sure. so when i work i take people all to all those times so yeah regression doesn't have to be to a previous life it no, could be no. george when you were three years old or something uh, like that's that. that's right yeah and you know, i i've i've been very upfront with you debbie you know that i have uh, some i'm some i'm somewhat skeptical of, yes. of past lives yeah. it doesn't square with my my particular faith however what i'm wondering is if what george is experiencing what others are experiencing is not necessarily a past life, but perhaps the memories of mm-hmm. ancestors encoded in our DNA. That's For right. example, now, Genescu is a Romanian name. Yes. You were part of the, Romania was part of the Austro-Hungarian, Austro-Hungarian Empire. Yeah. Perhaps you were, uh, uh, this Randolph, this playwright, was an ancestor of yours. So that memory is in your DNA, and yeah. that's what you're tapping into. What do you think of that? That's possible. It's possibility. Everything is possible. For me, um, I know last time you asked me about the religion and and how can, if my religion accepts that. My answer to that, Richard, is um, what religion or institution or country or system or any uh, will oppose something when I'm taking people to help them to become better parents, to be, become better people, to heal themselves, to, to get rid of anger, to get rid of uh, negative situations, children to be able to write their tests better to have a better life to improve their lives so we go back and we resolve all these issues and having uh, having people to live a better life to clear the relationship issues because in order to clear any relationship issues, you have to clear your own issues to do that yeah. we have to go back and resolve all the unresolved issues right. that is inside of us so when somebody says to me is this um, is acceptable well I'm sorry, I, I totally believe in this, and I've seen thousands of cases, people have improved their lives tremendously, and this is why I do this work, and I'm very, um, I, I, should I say, fanatic about it? <laughs> well, that's, that's an interesting point. In other words, even if, it's, if these memories aren't real, they've been conjured up by the mind. To me, that's, even, that's equally as fascinating, that, yes. are, that the human mind is yes, capable of it. I'm guessing. But the point is, if you're able to heal and, and overcome present-day issues by going through this process, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's real it works it works more yes i think that's that's the bottom line it works and the thing is is it real or not real the, my story my my theory to this is if i if i teach for 10 minutes whatever time 10 people a, a lesson and i ask those people to repeat back what i taught them 10 of them they will give me a different story so what is the true story that i taught Mm-hmm. They're giving me their their Truth own is a interpretation. Their their own interpretation. They all all of them gonna say you talked about this particular thing, but everyone's gonna give me different interpretation of that story. I believe the same thing is happening in our minds. 
Um, is it hundred percent sure that story with the details? I'm not sure. I don't. I I, I personally don't even think it's hundred percent sure. But I personally believe there is the core belief of it is there because quite often when I work with people and I take them back, we clear that all of a sudden they have no anger anymore. And can you imagine having life with without anger? Because again, I mentioned a few minutes ago, with a minute the and negative emotions goes up, the intelligence goes down. We we act in we react in life. We don't act. In order to go with with force, we need to go with power. And we all have the ability, the power inside of us that is God given to us. This is this is our birthright to carry our lives with this strength and power and kindness and love and everything else. But what do we do? We we are implanted by all kinds of negativity by our society, by our parents, by whatever. And those people, they did the best they knew how. They were the greatest hypnotists and they were our parents. So they, as a child, you're telling a child and because you're afraid, I mean, you, you're trying to protect them, you limit them in, the, in, the, in their own world. And then they grow up and they carry fear and that fear affects them in their life. So really, um, if we find our own balance, our own equilibrium, our own power, uh, and we can do that through hypnosis. That's I totally believe. I've been doing this work for a very long time, and I, it's a very fast work. It, it takes five, six sessions usually with people to help them out in every area in their lives, and uh, and then I see them maybe once a year, or I do work over the phone, a um, lot of work over the phone. So we can we can. It's not how much hypnotized you are, but how you accept the the. Well, George is obviously very uh, open-minded uh, and, and accepting yes. of this because I have never seen anyone go under as uh, easily, in my, in my limited experience, go under as easily as you did and were, were, was able to go from one life to the next and produce That's such detail. That astounds me, Richard. I'm, I, I think it's trust. I think I trust Debbie so much that it was easy for her to put me under. Let's take one very quick call, uh, and then we'll uh, take a time out and, and usher a Nelson Thal, media scientist, in here to talk about Michael Jackson's new life in Bahrain mm. and uh, other things. Arthur is in Toronto. Arthur, go ahead. Welcome. Hi. I believe everything uh, the guest said. For instance, Jesus, when he was on earth, he performed many miracles, walked on water and whatever, but all, all to direct people, people's attention to the Bible. The Bible says, Satan is the ruler of this world. He's going to deceive, use any means to distract people from looking into the Bible's message. Mm. All right, Arthur. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, we'll um, we'll uh, delve into uh, some of the details here. Uh, hopefully, I can, you know, let's find out. Was there a, um, a Fred Rinker writing for the Chicago Tribune? Well, I'm going to look that up when I get home. Yeah, it might. maybe it wasn't Rinker. Maybe it was Krinker. Maybe it was, that's the, the, the thing. It gets kind of difficult, yeah. you know because the names might not be exactly right. But you know what? Even if the details aren't right, the journey that we just experienced was absolutely wow. mind-blowing. And well, George, I'll experience it when you send me the, the CD. And uh, listen, you're, you're such a good sport, and I Thank really you. appreciate uh, Well, Richard, I trusted in. you implicitly as I trusted Deb, so I so knew much. no harm was going to come to me. No, right. thank you so much, and thank you, Richard. Thank yeah. you, Deb. Thank you, and thank you to all of the listeners, and please take care of yourself. Oh. All right, thank you, Love Deb. Love yourself. Thank you. Okay, back with Nelson Thal when The Conspiracy Show continues. After this brief timeout, my name is Richard Serrett. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. 
All right. Uh, there's another little ditty by our friends uh, who stole the cookies. Now, let's just try and regroup and recover from the uh, previous 90 minutes. Uh, how about that George Inescu and uh, those four um, fascinating regressions? Were there four? Yes. Uh, anyway... I know he's uh, looking forward to hearing that for the first time uh, when I, I'll send him a copy of the show because, of course, uh, George really doesn't have much of a memory of what transpired here over the last 90 minutes, only when he came to and we sort of reminded him about that past life regression. Anyway, uh, again, Debbie Papadakis, uh, all her information up on the homepage at richardserrett.com. Just to click on Debbie's name, it'll take you right to her website if you're interested in uh, undergoing your own regression. All right. Well, we're going to dial it back right now to uh, January 13th and uh, uh, a horrible, horrible uh, uh, incident, of course, uh, off the coast of Tuscany with the uh, the uh, uh, Costa Concordia uh, disaster. Uh, and we, of course, we get the official version of what happened through the mainstream media. But my next guest is... Um, uh, has an incredible ability to sort of peek behind the curtain backstage in the global theater, as he likes to say, and reveal certain state secrets. Uh, and those secrets don't always uh, jive, of course, with the official version of what happened. That being said, let's welcome a media scientist, uh, broadcaster, uh, producer of Shock Talk with Bloom and Steel, and uh, his... Uh, his colleague, uh, Wanda Steele, joins us in studio as well. Nelson Thal, welcome once again, my friend. How are hey, you? Hey, Richard. How are you? So Good to see you. What, what do you know uh, or what do you believe happened back on Jan 13 uh, that w- we're not privy to, we haven't heard about? Tell, walk us through sort of the official version and then how that differs from what you know about what happened to the Costa Concordia. Well, Rich, as usual, I think we should start with... Um, the fact that we stand on the shoulders of giants and we stand on the shoulders of JFK, as you know, with his secret society speech, which is on the Internet, uh, talking about uh, uh, the dictatorial, tyrannical rule that was coming down that he could foresee from his perch. And McLuhan talked about how the arts and sciences were in the pockets of the secret societies and he named them. He had the Schweitzer chair at Fordham University, the big Jesuit college, and was a backstage whistleblower who saw what was going on and talked about it. And, of course, so anybody reading his books or studying his material can sort of get a view of what's going on backstage in that global theater that he talked about. Okay, so that being said, and that's important to, uh, to sort of provide the bona fides, but uh, Jan 13th, about 9.30 uh, p.m., the uh, this Italian uh, ship strikes a, a rocky outcrop just off the Tuscan island of uh, um, Giglio or Giglio, and uh, electricity goes off. People begin to panic. An alarm sounded. Ship begins to list. What what happened? What happened? What caused this? Well, I guess some of the background I sh- we should could go through, Richard, and should just start out is. We had Pierre Salinger on a radio station here in Toronto, and he talked about how um, uh, the uh, insurance report given to the board of directors of uh, TWA 
showed that their insurance company wasn't going to come through with uh, uh, money for their lost plane, the TW-800. And you recall Pierre Salinger covered that on ABC News, and he reported that it was a missile hitting the plane. Right. And that was all covered up and forensically long after it was proved, after Salinger was had to leave and go to France, it came out that it was true that the uh, insurance company called it an act of war. Yes. And so uh, this, we're finding once again more Pierre Salingers out there who are reporting both behind the scenes at CNN and ABC who can't get their story on air are reporting that uh, once again there's an insurance report that's going to be – that's being prepared that – uh, in all likelihood, it looks like it's going to say <laughs> act of war. We don't cover that loss. In, a, in other words, the Costa Concordia, uh, this wasn't an accident. It was an act of war. It was an act of war. Or, and let's call it not world war, but an act of uh, terror, terror war or the war that we have ongoing. A and war between nation states. Asymmetric war, as, as, as Webster Tarpley, you want to use his term. Asymmetric war. And uh, any idea of, uh, as to the motive? Well, certainly there were. You know, this is a, a an Israeli uh, ship that visits Israel a lot, moving material being used in the war effort, and so naturally there's a message being sent here. You know, knight to Queen's Bishop three. It's a play on a chessboard. Uh, it's part of a. It's part of the ongoing asymmetric war that's going on. Even the name Concordia means the peace after a war, and Costa means coast, the advance. So it's in advance of the peace that comes from the, a battle, after a battle. Now, what do we make of, of, of what happened to this? Uh, I, I want to come back to, to the, the, the motive here because I'm, I'm not quite sure uh, you know, what that really entails. But the, the, the captain, uh, Scatino, well, he did not. He supposedly abandons the ship, and he's changed his story umpteen different times. Um, he's you know he's put in prison. He's under house arrest. Um, what's going on with that guy? One thing's for sure: if you um, if you're a captain and you jump ship, you're starting to behave like a mind control. And um, there's there's a lot that we don't know about the captain, but one thing's for sure, his behavior has been erratic, appears erratic, but for instance, he may know the truth about what really happened. Perhaps that's what's caused this reaction in that he knows the truth and uh, they're trying to silence him. And one of the best ways to silence somebody from telling the truth is what the authorities do is they smear your reputation, right? It's very easy to do, Richard. This is standard operating procedure. So he was a mind control victim or, or – He may may not have been. We don't know. But one thing's for sure, uh, there, there's a lot more to the story as we know. And of course, the major the, – the former detectives, the former CIA agents and FBI agents who've retired who now work for the insurance company detective agencies, they talk and 
they have a lot to say and they know it's an act of war and it will be an act of war when it comes before. So the board members of the company at Carnival will know that we're not getting any money back from that ship. Okay, let's talk about method because – they'll just cover that up too and they'll go to the government for the – and look to the government to repay them. But let's go to the method because, I mean, this thing hit well, a rock. I mean, how, how, how is that an act of war? You can't hit a rock and sink a ship. This ship was beached. You can't hit a rock and keep and you, there are compartments on once again, like with the twin towers, can't be brought down with an airplane. This you can't bring this ship down with just well, scraping I mean, a rock. It, and with, with, they don't have rocks that are hidden. These guys have forward-looking infrared sonar. They can see everything going so on. So, what are you right? saying? It, it wasn't a missile, surely. What was it then? It was, could probably been a bomb or a torpedo. I mean, the Hindenburg they used a bomb. And they covered that up. We now know, for instance, with the Hindenburg, that they claimed it was an accident and told America it was an accident. And really, I mean, George C. Scott did a movie about how it was a, how it was really a part of Nazi sabotage before the war. And this is the same sort of thing. Nelson Thal is uh, here, media scientist, uh, um, intelligence analyst, and uh, of course, producer of. Uh, the um, radio and television webisodes uh, uh, shock talk with Bloom and Steele. And uh, uh, we should also say hello to uh, Ms. Steele, who is seated to uh, Nelson's right. Hello, Ms. Steele. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here with uh, you and Nelson. It's great to have you here, to finally hear the, uh, the better half, as they say. Uh, are, are, we, are you going to um, uh, tell us a little bit about Michael Jackson in a few minutes? Uh, yes, I will. Excellent. Okay, we'll get to that in just a second, because we have some interesting information regarding... Uh, Michael Jackson's new life in Bahrain in the Middle East. But back to back to a carnival. Uh, and I, I want to get back to the motive. Now, the uh, the chairman is an Israeli-born businessman. So you're saying that it, the ship was targeted because, basically, to get at him. Well, a lot of these agencies and ships are, you know, like I spy. They use tennis players, they use athletes, and they use businesses to... As, as part of the intelligence apparatus, which is part of the military, and a, a ship uses a cover. It's really used for military purposes, but it, the carnival may be a okay. So this a cover. was this was geopolitical then, and so uh, unfortunately, there were people on there that someone else wanted to get to passengers, uh, and unfortunately, some there was a lot of innocent bystanders bystanders who were caught in the crossfire. And this is this 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 They didn't worry about three or four thousand people caught in the crossfire on nine eleven, right, Richard? So the modus operandi is gonna be the same as there. This war that's going on backstage. Uh but what are they <laughs> let's not forget the, the the way these people have operated. I mean, right after Bush stole the election, in order to deal with the fact that America was in a state of doubt about who the leader was they sent out – Bush and his gang sent out a sniper into Washington to start shooting innocent That's people. A, uh, wait a minute. The D.C. Minute. sniper and age, the yeah, chief how Moose, do you, Hang on. You can't say Bush sent out the D.C. Well, sniper. Well, that's been reported by everybody in the business. In the intelligence business. It's, it's on the yeah, – I mean all the – Tom Hennigan, Tom Hennigan, Sherman Skolnick, uh, uh, Tom Flacco. Uh, lots of people in well, in, you can. It's to report have, it is one thing, have, but have, where's the documented evidence? That, oh, Rich, in in an age of look, we're living at electric speeds. When history, I mean, even the people who make the history can't write the history. 
Okay, but I, listen, I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think you can make a pretty persuasive argument. I think we all know, in fact, um, you know, we did a show with John Loftus about, you know, the secret war against the Jews and how the Bush family, obviously, were tied up with the Nazi war machine. That's how Prescott made the family fortune. Uh, uh, he was operating, in the, you know, as a director for the coal fields in Silesia. Uh, the the, the uh, Auschwitz was a profit center for Wall Street, as, as, as insidious as that sounds. I think the evidence <laughs> is there. But I'd not see, and I've, I mean, we know that Prescott was, you know, prosecuted under trading with the Enemy Act. But I've never seen, I mean, if we can, if we can report on that, but I've never seen any documented well, evidence about connecting Bush... 41 or 43 with Two. with Malvo and the DC sniper. I've seen nothing like that. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, well. You'll have to show me that. Yeah, I'll I'm, have to I'm show you that. that. Pardon me? I, I'm intrigued, but I mean, un- I mean, until you can okay. show me, I gotta, I have to basically say from the sideline, hold on, I, I can't buy into that one. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to that then. Okay. All right. I so, didn't bring anything with me tonight. That's all right. <laughs> no, we weren't. I wasn't expecting, you know, to get into the DC sniper thing. Um, but, uh, so this, um, the captain, how would they, I mean, how would they get to him? I mean, how would they... How, Just like they used the Titanic captain to, to sink it, right? You know that we know the story of the, it's written widely about the real story of, of the Titanic and how it was built to be sunk in order to bring in the Fed at Jekyll Island. Well, that's that's the subject of an, a whole other show. We don't have time to get into that right now, but I'm I'm very curious. We will we'll do that show. Mark that one down. We're going to find out how the uh, Titanic uh, connects up with the uh, the creation of the Federal Reserve System. All right. Well, uh, we'll keep our eye on. So uh, let on, you go back to the, you want to go to the con- finish with the Concordia. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. comfortable with that? That it's. You know, it's oh, part I don't of feel the, comfortable with it. I mean, we've got, I, I don't an, we've got an invisible war going on yes. behind the scenes between yes. the, the Club of the Isles, the Crown Heads of Europe. The, it's, the, it's spy versus spy, Spy basically. versus spy, and, and it's James Bond versus James Bond. And, uh, I mean, we show ourselves what's happening when you just look at Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, or all the spy. All the, the movies have been great. Uh, the, the Shepherd, The Good Shepherd, with, and uh, um, what the... Uh, what's the other movie? Born Supremacy, Identity, Born, Born Identity. Identity. Sure, sure. How the the MK Ultra. So this stuff is being revealed through at, the movies. Through the movies, right? So we got the Born Identity and Wag the Dog, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, an interesting. I had a, um, a lunch with a friend who's in radio uh, recently, and I was saying to him, you know, what do you make of the fact that the president now has the authority to assassinate U.S. citizens without due process? And he said. Big deal. They've always done that. What's the, where's the news there? And I said, well, I, that's, I didn't know how to answer. I said, well, I suppose now it's sort of official. Yeah. He says, okay, so it's official now. It wasn't official before. Nothing has changed. So um, I guess that's all part and parcel of, you know, what's going on backstage. It's a, it's a dirty war. It's tr- they try to keep it hidden from us, but every once in a while... It, uh, it, it spills out, out onto the spills out, and then they try and cover it up, and they call it an accident. So exactly. that's what happened with the Costa Concordia. Exactly, and no different than Dr. Kelly's assassination, right? Right before the right before the 
the uh, the Americans wanted to get the war this going. This is the, the in, British uh, get the war going in Iraq. Right. He was going to reveal that there were no weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> right. And the okay. yellow cake and the whole lie about it. and Wilson. We we the ambassador Wilson admitted that the whole thing was a lie. Right. And you know there was the story about his wife who was the spy, and so she was a high level CIA agent. She fingered Bush as being the guy, through Sybil Edmonds the translator as being the guy who outed her. Sati- Team seventy five, seventy five um, agents in the field, moles hidden in there, passing information, helping the American government were outed by George Bush, according to Sybil Edmonds and to Ambassador Wilson. So there's lots of top level people talking about it. it gets coverage in the films, but it's not really CNN ignores it. All right, let's They're take brainwashing. A, them. We'll take a quick time out. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll get uh, Ms. Steele in here, the other half of Bloom and Steele, and uh, find out about Michael Jackson's new life in Bahrain. Uh, back with more of the conspiracy show. You'd be crazy to go anywhere else. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Passcodes, personal identification numbers, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are. Here's two more numbers, 416-360-0740, or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. The truth is not out there, it's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. AM 740. All right, welcome back. We've got about uh, eight and a half minutes or so, so we're not going to get into the whole Michael Jackson thing because this is worth, as Nelson just pointed out, this is worth like an hour. Um, it's so complicated and involved, obviously. So, But what we've, we've done is uh, we've uh, brought um, Ms. Steele on the, uh, the program. Uh, Bloom and Steel, Shock Talk with Bloom and Steel, which airs, is it the last? Uh... Well, it's Mrs. Jane Steele. Yes, Mrs. Jane Steele. Yeah, Mrs. Steele, like Mrs. Peel. All right, you, Mrs. Jane Steele. You can also just call me Jane. Just or call her Jane. Mrs. Steele yeah. is okay. All right. It's good. Well, I was it's using the I was using the politically correct uh, uh, Ms. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, Ms. is good. Ms. Yeah, that's Ms. Cool. Steele. <laughs> yeah. All right. But uh, Shock Talk with Bloom and Steel airs when, Nels? Every last Wednesday of the month at uh, that at uh, bloomandsteel.com bloomandsteel.com okay so let's just, we're just going to tease it but suffice to say that mm-hmm. michael jackson didn't die uh in los angeles you know on the eve of his big uh, this is it mm-hmm. tour uh, that was just a complete charade. Is that is that what, what we we understand, James? Yes, it was a charade. I mean, the bigger the celebrity, the bigger the target. He always felt that the media was attacking him and creating a false characterization of him. He was also fully aware that the Illuminati were in control of the music industry. And, of course, he did buy the Beatle anthology that... Uh, it uh, it also um, included many other musicians, Eminem, um, I believe Bob Dylan, um, Sly and the Family Stone, and so there were many other musicians in this anthology. He uh, purchased it for $47.5 million in 1985, and it is now worth $1.5 billion in, in, So it would be like it, me. It's, it's like an industry... Yeah. 
in itself. It's part of the military-industrial complex of the psychological warfare division, right? Well, we, be like it, me buying a, um, a leg of the industri- military-industrial complex, right? And 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 when we when we do an entire hour on that uh, on that subject, we'll get into uh, the the problem that arose when Michael Jackson purchased the Beatle catalog uh, because. He became privy to yeah. certain information uh, that wasn't known to the rest of the world, I suppose, yeah. and that got him into some serious hot water. My my question is, uh, where is he now? Well, he he staged his death. He did, and stage that was his a death, crime. Yes. And what we're going to do is we're going to expose the means, motive, and opportunity of how that perfect crime was played off, taken off, right? And where he may possibly be today. I think he's in Baran with the King of Baran. You know what? When you're with Michael Jackson, you're all over the world. All over the world. Sure. But my question would be, number one, if if he wants to take the heat off uh, and and, um, so that, you know, he's not being doggedly pursued by the media or he's not being targeted with, um, um, you know, slander or accusations. We, we're all familiar with the civil suits and the, and the legal proceedings and the accusations of, of pedophilia and so forth. It, why doesn't he just say, no mas, I surrender and I'm going to retire, which he basically did. Why can't he just retire and drop out of public view rather than, you know, go through all the trouble of faking his death and so forth? Well, he understood the uh, secret society's um, power behind the scenes in the music industry, and he was fully aware of what was happening. And he felt that it was uh, actually run by a satanic organization. And I think he wanted to reveal what was going on. He wanted to expose it, don't you think, Lenny? Absolutely. But And to answer Richard's question, don't you think he could just fall into the witness protection program of the King of the South? Well, he could, sure. Why not? not? And then he's of course gone. he could. He stages of his death, and he's, a, he's in their banking system, and he's protected from uh, both uh, uh, the chair of Peter and Manasseh and Ephraim. Exactly. But he, you know what? He wanted to get power over that company. So by doing that, he purchased that anthology. And there's a lot more going on behind oh, yeah, the scenes. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of other We'll stuff reveal that into. in the future show. My other yeah. question, yes, we'll, we'll yeah, definitely... we don't want to go into the... Well, I, 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 I know I don't want to reveal too much because we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll save it for another show, but I, a couple other questions uh, that, that someone listening and might be skeptical would say. He, by all accounts, adored his children, although there's some question as to whether he fathered his children, but how could he just leave them? Who said he left them? Yeah. Well, they're over. They're over in. Uh, oh, you right know in, where they are, well, Richard. I mean, we had a movie this summer called The Devil's Double. Saddam had doubles. Uh, Saddam's kids had doubles. I mean, President Primakov of Russia publicly stated that Saddam was taken out by the Americans of Baghdad three weeks before the invasion. That was the president of Russia said that. So you're saying that it's covered that, in the Moscow Times that his three children, Prince, uh, He's Paris, got and Blanket, are They're in Bahrain, him. and these are doubles. Sure, they're with him. Of course, of course. It's not hard finding doubles. You don't nope. even have to do surgical for what they're doing. They're putting scarves around them, and they're being seen walking from a limo into a big place in L.A. Why? Who knows where he they did are. have them covered up a lot when they were they're little. All covered didn't they? up. Yeah. He's got That's a mask true. on. So yeah. yeah. Look, we don't know what they look like. Uh, you know how many so. times he sent his double out with a mask, and the public, he's, and, uh, 
it's so rich. I think they're with him. You know, why not? We know what's really going on. Now, uh, it just came out recently. uh, The the Jackson family had revealed that had the 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 trial where he was accused of a pedophilia had that not gone in his favor, he was getting ready to basically evacuate, and he was going to live in Bahrain. He'd already set up. Uh, yes. a situation there. Yeah, but we want to save that for the... We, we want to save that, but remember, yeah, that, he was oh, never convicted we'll of any no, no, of no. those pedophilia no. crimes. No. And one of the victims, I'm going to say victims, Evan Chandler, Yes. they recanted. Yes. No, no. Actually, I, I, so, yeah. I was one see, who, who never actually believed yeah. uh, that he was capable of that. And yeah. I'm not even speaking as a Michael Jackson fan. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I couldn't, and, I couldn't care less about the music. And we'll line up the dots in the show connected between Magic Johnson... Michael Jordan, and, Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson, all interconnected with all the All very powerful black entertainers are all connected in this. All right. Fascinating. Well, Jane and Steele uh, and uh, Nelson Thal, the producer of Bloom and Steel, Shock Talk with Bloom and Steel, which airs the last Wednesday of every month, month. at bloomandsteel.com. But they can go to bloomandsteel.com and listen to lots of past shows. There's right. been well, our last years. show is uncut uncensored and uncouth so and what did you get richard the the unexpurgated version i like that too so they can listen to that show that was the january 25th show and we've got three and a half years of archive shows you can listen to just go to bloomandsteel.com so listen why don't we reconnoiter back here in about a month's time and we'll do a full hour plus on oj uh, on uh, on michael jackson and uh, perhaps we can uh, work um Magic Johnson and Bill Cosby. Well, it's all part of it. We'll get it in one hour. We'll get it all. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Nels. Thanks, Thanks, Ms. Steele. Thank you. All right. Thank you to David Gaskin. My thanks to Debbie Papadakis and George Janescu. Back next week with Nick Redfern uh, talking about secret underground bases and... uh, secret military installations and the like. Looking forward to that conversation. Hope you'll be along for that. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.